Blue Podcast. My name is Paul Farber. I am your host. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening for a while, I appreciate it. If you're new, welcome. You're going to be on one of the greatest podcast journeys of your life. You're going to learn so much. You're going to laugh a little bit. It's a win-win situation. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Why haven't you subscribed? I ask you every fucking week. Subscribe. Also, review us. It takes a few seconds. It means a lot to me if you can review us. It helps with all the algorithms and uh, keeps me sane. Um, Upcoming dates, I will be um, in Chicago for most of July. Paul F. Comedy has my upcoming dates. Uh, If you think this will air before, but I'll be at the House of Comedy in Minnesota, July 21st. And... uh, on the road in Florida, August 18th through 22nd at McCurdy's in Sarasota. Also, selling shirts this month for Parkinson's Foundation. 50% of the proceeds of all my shirts go to Parkinson's Foundation, a cause very important to me. PaulFComedy.com is my, uh, the place where you can buy the shirts. Black and uh, this month we've got them in pink. So you're welcome. Check out our sponsors, eh? Hey, all you guys know that I used to be a lawyer. Still am, but, you know, kind of just in the background, if you will. But my friend, Scott Shapiro, he is a full-time lawyer. You guys maybe have injured on the job, need compensation, or you're just injured somewhere and you don't know what to do. You're entitled to way more money than you think you are sometimes. Not always, but most of the time. And my friend, Attorney Scott Shapiro, has been helping people for over 20 years in this regard. If you've been injured, give him a call. 312-648-8800 or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. He's a full-service law firm. So in addition to doing workers' comp cases, PI cases, he also handles all legal needs, including entertainment law. That's right. He's an entertainment lawyer. He's worked on a lot of musicians' cases, a lot of contracts, negotiations, and reviews of contracts for your needs, whether you're a comedian, musician, all that good stuff. All his consultations are free of charge initially. So don't take a chance and wait. Call him, 312-648-8800, or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. Call him today, Tell him I sent you. You will not regret it. It's time for another edition of Signals Only Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you can actually watch it live on Zoom uh, at my YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. Our guest today is the hilarious comedian and author, Kim Kral. Hi. Hey, there Hi. you go. <laughs> I realized right as I was doing that, I was covering it, but my mouth was right on my microphone. So I was like holding my breath. So you didn't not see me and then hear like, <sighs> and you it's like passed out. And that would be the great, the greatest start to the podcast ever. If I'm knocked out. That would be really knocked fun. Out, yes. <laughs> so Kim, I don't know if you, you probably don't remember this, but this is how I met you. And I don't know if you'll remember this. You probably won't. I uh, did. You had a show with a friend of the show, Ken Gar. And uh, and you guys had a show at the Ice House, I want to say. I think it was the yeah. Ice House. And uh, he gave me a spot. And uh, I came to the show. He wasn't there that week. And you were hosting. And I had what was one of the worst shows I've ever had in my life. 
uh, and uh, and then you were just so nice about it. You're like, okay, well, that was fun. Like, I, I mean, it was like the first half. I think what happened was the guy before me was there was a bunch of people that he brought to the show, uh-huh. and then they started to leave as I got on stage, and then I just didn't react to it properly. It was a couple. It was probably like three or four years ago. I remember, I mean, I remember the show. I remember, and it was packed, right? It got packed, it was packed, but then they started to walk out and there was like a rowdy crew. And I just kind of stuck to the, I, I stuck to a script for some reason, instead of like addressing the issue. I think at the end I recovered, but it was just one of those shows that uh, I, I'll never forget. And I was just like, ugh. Isn't it funny? Like one, I will never forget that show because I was terrified of that show. Okay. I remember meeting you. I don't remember you having a bad set at all. Okay. I, but like, that was one of the shows that like, it was an audience, but when Ken and I had the Dash show on Dash Radio, yes. right. it was like literally everybody from that station was there. And I was like one of the new comics, one of the new radio hosts, like the whole, like, so it was like a show I had nightmares about for months, right? Before. And then I had one of the best sets I've ever had in my life. Yes. And I, so I remember that show is like one of the like turn, like, it's funny when you're a comic, you remember the shows of like your turning point and then the worst. I only remember, I, I remember it as one of the, one of the top five worst shows of my life. Uh, and, oh, and, it was, and, I, and you're right. Like, I think towards the end I got them because I was, I was addressing something that I didn't know how to address. Cause I was like, oh, and then I figured it out like halfway through. I'm like, oh, these people all came for the guy before me and now they're like now what (laughs) yeah they're like yeah that was yeah that show was wild but I don't remember you having a bad set I'm glad I was nice it was uh it was my first and last time at the ice house and uh and I'll never forget it but anyway (laughs) you are uh and we follow each other on Instagram you're awesome follow on Instagram I encourage everyone to follow that follow Kim uh how are you single still I, I don't understand (laughs) um oh gosh everyone asks that like that that's a question you get asked a lot especially I wouldn't I mean I think it's a combo of things I was a person um and this is actually what most of my book is about too is that I was a person that had a low self-esteem and self-worth so I would pick like not only would I pick really shitty men so I'm not like a victim person who's like I own like oh you know like I only get to date bad men it's like well there's one common denominator in all of these and it's me yeah yeah if you're like if you're you know you've an al- you're an alcoholic or you're codependent or you're an asshole i'm like yes i should date and fix you and so not pointing at me when you say that sorry i <laughs> i'm pointing at the camera at you uh but yeah and and then also since i've moved out of that i'm pickier like we talk about how like you know like some things like I would never date a guy who would listen to this and be like, before I listen to this, I listened to this episode and you talked that you wanted X, Y, and Z and I'm not X, Y, and Z. I'm sad. I would never date that guy. Yeah. So I feel like I could have a boyfriend right now. It'd be very easy to get one. I just, I enjoy me time more than I enjoy just some random dude to not be alone time. You know what I mean? No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I had a couple days off uh, from shows, uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I should like connect with some of these people that, that I, I connected on Hinge and I should go out and meet them or whatever. But then I was like, man, I can get so much done if I don't. And I like, I like to be alone. Um, 
But then I always think, you know, as a person, I, and again, I, I, I relate to a lot of what you said, I do kind of say like, well, how does this end? Like, what, ha what how does this, this show end for me? Like, am I gonna be that guy feeding birds at, at, uh, at the lake at like 70 years old? Or is there a better ending? Who knows? Do you ever think- But I mean, let me ask you, is that an ending that sounds bad to you? I mean, the, the, the other side of it sounds way worse, right? Like just being in a relationship that you just can't get out of. I think that's way worse for me. But Agreed. Like, I think that I think everyone has a different journey. Have you, well, let me ask you this. When you were, uh, you know, this party girl, were you dating guys uh, long-term or were you just kind of like bouncing around? Both. Uh, yeah, the book, I, I have three serious relationships I talk about and then the rest is just like bouncing around and trying to like be like, and like finding guys that I like needed to be the one. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, if you're the one, and someone loves me, maybe I'm not as broken as I feel like I am inside, right? Right. And that's, the book is like, on the surface, it's funny, awkward, weird dating stories, but then there's like an undertone of like, looking for love in like sad places, you know? And so like, there, there was one guy that I needed to be the one, right? And like, I ignored all of his red flags. Every one of his red flags was just like, and one of the red flags, in fact, we walked into his living room the morning after we had sex, and uh, he had a canister or whatever, like whatever the paraphernalia you need to do whippets. Oh yeah. Like, like the drug we all did when we were like yeah, the 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had all of that on his coffee table that I had ignored. And I was like, "Is do you do whippets? Like, I'm sorry, if you're above the age of 22 and you do whippets, you have a substance abuse problem. Like, Period, full stop. Stop listening to this. Go to an AA meeting, 100%. Like, and he looked. I didn't even know people still did whippets after the 90s. Like, I didn't oh, yeah. This guy's like 35. And he looks at me. I go, Are those whippets? And he looks at me stone cold and goes, Yeah, I do a lot of drugs. And I, the party girl who just wanted someone to love me, was like, this is reasonable. I can work with this as long as this guy loves me and doesn't. Of course, he never called me again. He did call me twice more after that, but once to try to have sex with me again. And then the second time to tell me that I gave him chlamydia. Oh, nice. Okay. I didn't. Someone else gave him chlamydia, but he was sure it was me, which is. And so. Yeah, when I was I had those and then I had serious relationships like I dated a guy where it was like. He and I, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about him all these years later, but it's just like we needed to prove to ourselves that we could be in a relationship with the other person. Like he was a person that dated really codependent girls who like needed him and like, you know, financially dependent on him. And I was a girl that couldn't keep a boyfriend. And he was like accountant, you know, suit and tie every day. And I do the suit and tie. Um, and so I think our whole relationship was just like, trying to prove to ourselves that he could have a woman that was independent and i was like i will make him love me so i'm not broken so right. kind of all of it well now that you are no longer a party girl you you're sober right i'm not and that's why i call it recovering party girl right. um because i'm a work in progress we're all you know adorable works in progress uh i i'm not i don't like huh? You don't party like you used no. to drink like you used to or anything like that, right? I had two white claws the other day and I was like, whew, I got to pass out. I'm so tired. This took me out. Yeah, I don't. 
I great thing because I'm recently I'm not sober either, but I don't really drink as much as I I did. But when I do, I'm like the I'm the easiest, quickest, cheapest date in the world. Like I just have like one or two white claws. I'm wasted. So yeah, I don't like it either. After that, I'm like, oh God, I'd way rather I like. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, and why I say recovering because it was going to be former party girl or recovered party girl. Cause I am in 12 steps. Okay. Um, not AA I'm in a 12 step program. My parents are alcoholics, drug addicts. Okay. So I'm in a, I'm in ACA adult children of alcoholics. So I'm in recovery. Okay. And so I say recovering cause I think it's an ongoing, you know what I mean? Like I said, we're all little, yeah. Yeah. We're all works of progress that like I went on a date right before I got COVID in October, right before I got COVID, I went on a date and I got a little too drunk on the date. And I, that story is in the book where it's just like, I guess I'm still learning, like maybe don't get hammered on your first date with someone like, cause I like either the guy's not going to be into it or he is. And do you want to date a guy that's into a girl that gets hammered on the first, you know, like right. it's a no win. Um, how are you meeting guys now? Ugh, I'm not. Okay. I, I don't. You're not actively this, pursuing it at all. Uh, I'm not at all. I ended I ended something with a guy that was long distance, uh, like two months ago, three months ago. He lived in, in Washington and he was supposed to move down here. And then he sort of, I don't know, he just changed and isn't moving. And, and I, I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to download the apps. It's just not ever been for me. I don't want to meet a guy like, okay. So I, the problem is, is people are like, well, go to a bar. And I'm like, but I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to meet a dude at a, and if I do great, I'm not against it. And then they're like, well, what, what about like the grocery store? That's cute. I don't have the demeanor of someone who can meet someone like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm at the grocery store. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, I like, I, like, like, don't I, I like, and I don't even people are like, well, what if he's attractive? And I'm like, yeah, the other day I was at the grocery store and I looked up and a really hot man was smiling at me and I kind of smiled back. And then he started to walk over and I was like, no, I'm grocery shopping. I got shit to do. I'm not going to stand here. So yeah, I don't know, man. People like go to the grocery store with an intent of accomplishing anything than other than getting like hummus. I, I don't understand. Like, yeah. Is that a thing now? Uh, do people go to Ralph's in, in LA and do that? I think I, I don't know. That's the main people are like, you should you can meet somebody at the grocery store. You just have to be open to it. And I'm like, ah. I just don't feel like there's there's certain things like if you're open to it, it's almost weird if you are open to it. Like to meet someone on a bus or like public transportation is gross. Like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I want to meet people like that. But I agree with you, like the days of meeting people in bars, I think are, are over uh, for multiple reasons, right? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's not the same. I don't think guys approaching women, it's definitely different now. Uh, we're a lot more hesitant to do it, I think, uh, to leave, give people their space. And then on the yeah. other hand, you also have, you know, the, the location is a place where people are drinking sometimes heavily and not, that's not where you make your best decisions. Yeah, I love the we're hesitant about hitting on you at bars. Yeah. Um. Oh God, my my cat is gonna yell for a while. Sorry about that. You don't hear her? Okay, good. She just she'll just she's terrified of me. But if I like open the door, she'll run away. But if since I'm in here, she just sits out there and cries. Um. It's a goddamn nightmare. About hesitant 
in, in bars. Oh, yeah. Now I so yeah. people are people are hesitant at bar. Like the guys that say that, uh, it's because of the whole like Me Too thing, and and giving us space. Like the dudes that are guilty of harassing us aren't afraid to come up to us at bars. The yeah. guys that, and then the guys that are good guys are like, well, I don't want to upset. Are like, it, it's just like. Well, there's two sides to that. I've told this story on the podcast before. Um, okay. Oh, so here, so here's an example. I was innocently taught. I said something to somebody at a bar. There was a group of girls and uh, they were like so mean to me. And I was like, oh, I should, I'm just that creepy old guy. And I was like, that's fine. I get that. On the flip side, uh, my a girl I was dating and her friend uh, came to one of my shows and we went to the after party the show's called Drink Day Laugh, which is all about dating. Her friend was just talking about how she can't meet a guy and, you know, there's just whatever. This nice, super nice, albeit a little drunk guy came up to her and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And she was like, leave us alone. We're not interested. So mean to this guy. I literally saw his demeanor change. Like that was a moment in his life that will affect him forever. Cause he didn't know what he did wrong. Like I went up to him afterwards. I'm like, Hey dude, let me buy you a drink. Like that was not cool. And I yelled at her too. I'm like, this is a nice guy. Like you just ruined his night and like probably his outlook on women. Okay. I got two. I have one question and then I have a comment. I that the other side is way worse. I agree. I'm just saying that oh, no. say, uh, they don't meet guys at bars anymore. I think it's a little harder these days. And this is coming from a guy that the last five, serious relationships I had were with women that I met after two in the morning at a bar in Chicago. So, okay. Well, let me, let me first ask, what did you say to the group of women when you said, and you're like, Oh, I'm a creepy old guy. I think I said, I, I, I think I said something like, like, Oh, I, I really don't remember, but it was, it wasn't anything like inappropriate. I mean, you know me, come on. I'm not an inappropriate person, but it was well, yeah, like the way curious. that they reacted was like I was a gremlin and uh, just an, in a complete asshole. So, well, okay. So the the friend I am the friend that so my girlfriends want to go out in a week. I guess they made me put it down on a calendar. They're like, we're gonna go to a bar and we're gonna meet dudes. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I am the friend that's like, fuck off. We're not interested. But you have to understand that. It's if we don't say it in a shitty, mean way, the guy, not all guys, but like most guys won't understand. Like you have to be like, I was with a girlfriend once we were at a bar and this dude came up. He's like, how are you ladies doing? And we were like, we're all right. How are you? And then he started talking and I was like, Hey man, I'm going to stop you. Um, we're not interested. So before you waste any more of your time, uh, you can go meet another girl. We're not interested. And she got mad at me and he went, oh, thanks. And I'm like, why would we ruin our night by having? And she's like, well, he would have bought us some drinks. I'm like, that's what oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so many flip sides. To it, but like, I'll be at the bar. OK, so years ago, I was at a bar watching I'm a Denver Bronco fan, diehard Denver Bronco fan, right? Raiders fan. Sorry. Go ahead. Why are you in Chicago? That's uh, a long story. It's fine. The Raiders haven't really been relevant in 25 years. So next year. Okay. Next year. Is that this how it's going to happen? Yes. We're in Vegas now. Everything's going to change. Sure. <laughs> sure. When, let me just put it this way. The Denver Broncos lost their quarterback and we went to the Super Bowl and won it. You guys lost your quarterback and you crumbled like a piece of paper. Yeah, I understand that. 
That was a that was a that was a bad year, and uh, I'm not a big car fan. But we'll see what happens uh, this upcoming year because we have uh, we've had like a thousand first round draft picks in the last two years. So we'll see. Because you guys are one of the worst teams. In the no, world. because we made good trades. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. The Broncos have been terrible since yeah, we won the Super Bowl. So yeah, I mean. You haven't been good in a while, so. We played last year a whole game without a quarterback, and every other team that had COVID issues, the NFL was like, yeah, the Patriots can play on Tuesday when they're cleared. The NFL was like, Broncos, you're not going to go to the playoffs, so just, like, why make us reschedule a game? Just play with no quarterback. It's basically the same way you play every week, and they were wrong. I like John Elway. Uh, Now, I, I, you know, whatever. They're they're great. He's my god, but uh, but and I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But that being, oh said, yeah, Raiders are, are I'm Raiders Nation all the way. All right, so this you're night, about, <laughs> I'm a huge Bronco fan. It's funny we were actually playing the Raiders this night because I'll never forget it. We lost it. It was Monday Night Football, and we were playing the Raiders. And I remember these Raider fans were behind me going Raiders. Maybe no one would hate your team as much as they do if your fans weren't so shitty. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there with my two girlfriends who are not there to hopefully meet some dudes watching football. I, out of the three of us, am the only one watching the game. No interest in dudes. Of course, that means I'm the only one getting talked to. Right. And the other girls are cute. Like, that's not like they're like even playing field. But I'm not interested. Dudes are coming up to me, talking to me. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then apparently, quote, the hottest dude in the bar, because they text me, they're like, the hottest dude in the bar is trying to talk to you and you're blowing him off. And like, we're watching and he's like, so are you a Bronco fan? (laughs) And I was like, no, without not watching that, without looking at him, I was like, no, I wear this jersey. So idiots like you will come talk to me. He's like, oh, fair enough, fair enough. And then he keeps talking. And finally, I was like, dude, can we do this at commercial breaks? Like, I'm watching my... I don't want to talk to you. And so I guess it's hard for me to say, shoot your shot guys, because sometimes, but like read a room. If two girls are sitting there, not wanting to talk to you. That's self-awareness. I agree with you there. But on the flip side of that, there are, I mean, in the situations I described, I'm a very, the, the time that those women that I think it was in Arizona, I think I was just like by myself, just grabbing food or something sober and they were just like complete like assholes. I was like, hey, number one, I wasn't even, I don't really, honestly, to be honest, I don't think I was even hitting on them. I was just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I can get these people to come to my show tomorrow. That's reality of the, the situation. Um, but they were complete assholes. And then my friend's friend later, after I yelled at her for a while, agreed, her, my friend, the girl that I was dating, agreed with me that she was being rude. And so like, and that guy literally, he, they were just standing there. They weren't like, they were talking to me by myself and nobody was talking to them. So he read the room properly. He just, this, he wasn't the most attractive guy at maybe. And these girls are hotter than they think they are. So- And uh, drunk? Was he really drunk? A little drunk, yeah. But he wasn't, he was like super sweet. Like, I think he's like, hey, what are you guys up to? Like tall dude, women like tall dudes. I don't know, I'm not tall. So uh, it was just, <laughs> I, and, and, and I feel like that, that's something that's different, uh, not because of the Me Too movement alone, but just because you know guys are also used to just swiping left and right. They don't have to put in the work of meeting someone at uh, organically at a bar. I, I think it's just different. I do think that those days are over, though. I think that um, 
come again coming from a, every girl i've ever dated i think uh for more than a year i've met at a bar at two in the morning my best relation my two of my longest girlfriends were at the like worst dive bar in Chicago, late night dive dive bar so i don't think that it's not like when people are like don't meet at a bar like i don't i just if I go to a bar, which is rare these days, if I'm, I go to a bar, if I'm working. Right. right. But if I go for like next Wednesday, I'm going to go to meet men, I guess. God, I haven't been somewhere to meet men in a decade, but we, I will, I don't go. So when I do go to a bar, I go because I want to go with my friend and catch up with my friend. I rarely go to be like, I'm going to get pretty and be talked to. Right. So like, I think people can meet at a bar I just I'm not saying that they shouldn't I, I well uh, maybe I am a little bit but I think most of it is, is those days are kind of over I think that more people are going to meet online uh, I think that's statistically that's how people are meeting now anyway um, and, and I, I think there's like there there's like this area where we have to create where you can meet people not a grocery store per se but not a bar like something in between that's like organic but not like, you know, alcohol is the only thing that's happening at the location. Have you met anybody on a dating app that you dated? Yeah, absolutely. Like for long, like a long period of time? Yeah, I have. I, I've, I've oh. had some, some good relationships through the dating apps that have lasted on and off for a year or so. Oh man. I, there was one guy that I really liked. See, I have a hard time on dating apps because I don't know what to say. I do because my job, like female comics are different than male comics. hundred percent. I was just going to say it's, you guys are in the shittiest position ever. Yeah. So I met this guy that I was like, yo, I'm not going to tell you what I do until, and then we were supposed, we talked on the phone a couple of times and then we were supposed to meet like a Sunday night. And then Saturday night he got in a car accident and called me and was like, hey, I got in this terrible car accident. I'm on a lot of pills. So I need to like, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm banged up. I'm going to sleep today. And I was like, oh, totally fine. And we like rescheduled for the next, like, like three days from there. Right. So we started texting and he, he was like, why don't you just tell me what you do? And I'm like, all right, I am a comedian. And he's like, tell me your last name. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to tell you my last name. I was like, you can't, don't Google me until you know me. Like, please don't. Cause like they don't, men don't understand that. Like, I don't go out in like, I have a joke about how I puke on a dick and they're like, well, that's what, how she is all the time. I'm like, no, that's, it's a persona on stage. So finally, and I'm very easily to be, I'm very easily Googleable, right? My name is spelled weird, even just my first name. Yeah. So he took it upon himself just to Google KYM comedian. There are two of us. And the other one is a 50 year old black woman. So I'm, it's obviously yeah, ghost. Oh shit. Sorry. Ghost. I have a, I have a, um, I have an alarm to tell me how awesome I am at one thirty every day. Uh, don't judge me. <laughs> it's about self-esteem. Um, and I forgot to turn it off, but, uh, ghost, nothing ever again, nothing. And I messaged him like two days later and I was like, are you okay? Like you were in the car accident and then you just sort of stopped talking to me. So I hope you're just ghosting me and not, you didn't yeah. like die. Nothing. Never again did I hear from that guy ever again. Huh? He's dead. He died. Or he saw my pooping pants story on stage and was like, oh, this bitch poops her pants a lot. So like. Um, 
do you do you think that you want to get married and and have kids or have a traditional life in any way shape or form um i would like to get married um why why i didn't grow up conventionally and i never thought that truthfully i never thought i had like a traumatic upbringing so it was like one of those survival things where you're like just make it to 18. All right. I made it to 18. All right. Maybe we'll make it to 22. You know what I mean? Like just a very like, and so I never, huh? The Denver Broncos never making it, uh, winning a Super Bowl during that time frame, or was it? We won two Super Bowls back to back. I know, but I remember for a period of time, the AFC anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, it was not that. In fact, that was the highlight of my, my childhood. John always my God. So literally, so I, uh, yeah, so I never, I just never, it was, it never felt in the cards to get married or have kids and I'm older now. So the kid thing might is like, I'd have to meet somebody in the next couple of years in order to have a a kid, um, biologically speaking, I guess. And so more than two years, but okay. Um, I'm probably older than you think I am. Okay. Fair enough. We won't. Yeah. I'm, I'm I just turned 39. Yeah. I'm not. You have time. I have like six years, but you want to like, I think 45 is like kind of around the hard cutoff. Okay. Am I wrong? No, I, I, I I got in a lot of trouble for saying something like that once. So I'm not going to go there. Oh, okay. I mean, I've done my research where I've read where women have been getting pregnant later and later. You can freeze your eggs if you want to have kids, but yeah, that's a whole other, that's that's not, it's a whole other, but So I finally, in the last couple of years, like working on myself and like getting out of the party ways and like, you know, like being serious about being, I do want to get married. And I think if I don't, if I'm not able to physically have a kid, like uh, my kid, I'd adopt. So yeah, I would like that stuff, but I don't know when it'll be in the cards. But so going back to why you want to get married, forget about the kid aspect of it, because you had an unconventional uh, childhood you think that you do want to have it that's why it's pushing you towards that or um no I think because I had an unconventional childhood I never wanted it I never wanted to get married until like probably like four or five years ago I was like I would like that I'd like because it was I was always like survival mode just me don't let anybody in you know what I mean like keep everybody at an arm's length and now that I'm older I know that I I would like to have a partner and if, mar- I mean, I don't know. And the marriage thing, I think would be more for like little kid Kim who didn't think she was allowed to dream of stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like where it's like, that would be, it'd be nice. I'd, I'd like a ring. Um, That'd be fun. When you were a kid, you didn't dream of a day that you were going to get married and have this huge wedding and stuff like that. Is that what No, you- never once. It was always like how to get the fuck out of here as far away as I possibly can. That was more like survive and get out of here, survive and get out of here. And LA was already always sort of like the main destination when I was a kid. I have no idea why, but. You were up in Denver, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, were you, were you dating a lot when you were in high school? Like, did you have a lot of boyfriends or were you like an awkward kid? I was a super awkward kid. And I also, I had a weird home life. So wasn't ever really on the table to like have the conventional like boyfriend come over, you know, any of that stuff. So no, I didn't, I had a couple of dudes that I dated a little bit. And that was, I mean, I had a senior prom date with this kid who went to another school and he was like the hot kid from Christian school. We're still friends on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, 
Yeah, he was like the first kiss I had. And he was like, and he lied about his age. He told me he was like 17. But then he told when he met my dad, he told me he told him he was actually just turned 16. My dad's like, which is not a big deal, but a big deal in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I never had the like high school sweetheart. And then I went to college and I met a guy, but like we had this weird relationship because I didn't know how to not let I didn't know how to let someone in you know what I and so I like pushed him away and then pulled him in that poor guy we're still friends by the way he's married with kids and we see each other once a year but so no never really any relationships in Denver okay I just I think that it's funny I think marriage is an outdated institution I say that a lot but I do think that what you're talking about is like a serious relationship and then sure make it legal and if we have kids we have kids yeah oh yeah I don't think I think marriage is totally outdated. I think that it's for sure like the patriarchy. Now you own me. My dad gave you away to him. You know what I mean? Like the whole last name bullshit thing. Yeah. But I think if I met, I think if I met someone, I used to say this, I don't want to get married, but if I met someone, the right person, and it was important to him that we got married, I would get married. Sure. And now I'm like, I don't know. I think it'd be nice to have a wedding. It'd be nice to I have a couple of guys that are like family to me that would walk me down the aisle. You know what I mean? Like there, it'd be a lot of nice, like. But it's not a priority right now. You're not on the apps. You're not going to Ralph's to try to meet someone. Uh, so you're no. focused on you. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I don't know. I, I'm cool with being alone. I like, like, I like being alone. I, that's why when, you know, people are like, there are people that need to be in a relationship and it's, it's because they don't, sorry they don't like being alone like and i think that though that's why those relationships are not great or don't work out is because you it's so cliche but you gotta love yourself before you can love someone else you know healthily anyway yeah i, I well for me it's more of like just being uh just getting things done like I'm, I'm kind of an overachiever and i like to be like okay if i don't after the show if i don't go to so-and-so's house i can go eat and write for two hours for this project. Or I could go over there, watch a movie that the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm gonna be thinking about what I should be doing instead. So that's kind of well, like- that's, Go ahead. That's Jordan. a problem with our industry though, too. I call it career guilt that we like really got to take a step back from in the pandemic. Yes. Because like it forced and it was just like, oh, I can actually like I know a girl who was like, I watched a movie tonight for the first time in 10 years and enjoyed myself. Right. And I think that we need to find a, as creatives and we're we're always working like when people can clock into a nine to five and then be done at five and have their weekends. We are always working. Right. But I think we should find a balance. Yeah, I, I think that the pandemic pause is definitely helped me balance a lot more. But now, like now that we're back in the swing of all our shitty ways before, it's kind of like I had two nights off and then I was like, okay, I, one of my shows, like I, I want to just make sure I have a show like tonight because I have all this stuff that I want to get on stage. But the priority of that, a priority of the career guilt, as you say, does affect the ability to meet people. And for you as a female comic, I think that's even harder meeting guys. You talked about it a little bit, but it, it is guys don't have the ego to, to handle the other no. person being funnier than that. No. And, and the, or I hear it all the time from my girlfriends in comedy. Or it's, uh, it's the ego that I'm, I'm funnier than you. And if I'm funnier than you, I'm probably smarter than you because smarter, funny people are smart. Right. 
And then not only that, but it's like, like guys love that I'm a comedian until the novelty wears off. And then they realize, oh, all of your coworkers are dudes. You have to go out every night and you're usually in a bar and you're always with dudes. And you're like, well, yeah, I'm usually sitting in the back of a dark room and I get my three to 17 minutes on stage praying that these strangers love me. And I'm not even really talking to the other dudes because they're so focused on getting the strangers to laugh at that, you know, but like people not in the industry just see you. I had a, my, my serious boyfriend who was the accountant um, who uh, he loved it. And then it shifted, it slowly shifted to you're never home. You're always out. You're always with dudes. You're out every night. You're drunk every night. And then it was like, well, yeah, I'm drinking every night, but I'm not drunk every night. I'll have a beer or whatever, like, right. Cause you're just at a bar and you, whatever. But so it's also that, that like the shit you got to do to be a comedian, men aren't okay with. And what about the fact that you, uh, do you get approached a lot after shows too by people in the audience? Does, has that ever happened where it's turned into something positive? Um, you mean like men or men? Yeah. Like guys that have asked you out after shows or, or, Oh God, no, that never happens. The only time that happened, they'll come up and they'll be like, like, I have a joke now. I haven't had sex in a long time. And I have to be like, that's not an invitation, please. And thank God it gets laughs. Please don't walk up to me after the show and act like I can't have sex. Like I could have sex right now. I could stop this and go have sex and and come back and finish my set. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, please. So a lot of times guys will like hear you're like, and I'm a raunchy comic, right? My, my, I'm very rated R. Uh, my Jehovah's Witness family tells me that they would support me more if I was more like Jim Gaffigan, which is hilarious. <laughs> and but like they and so they'll come up to me afterwards and they'll be like, so you puke on a dick, huh? And it's just like, get out. So it's never a quality man that walks up to me after a set and says, nice set. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, I hope this all works out for you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's, thank you. <laughs> to, sorry, we're out of time. I wanted to, uh, I don't want to take any more of your time. I really appreciate you. Oh, this is quick. Uh, yeah. We'll have to come back when I'm in LA. We'll do this live. I think it'll be fun to follow up. Um, where can people find out more about your upcoming shows and your book confessions of a recovering party girl? Yes. Um, you can find it all at kimcrawl.com. K Y M K R A L. Dot com And then follow me on all the social media. It's the same thing. K-Y-M-K-R-A-L. I'm finally getting back to live shows. I believe I have three in July and, and counting. And I'm just now, I mean, all my focus was on the book. Um, it's out, Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. You can buy it on Amazon. If you want a signed copy, you can buy it at kimcrawl.com. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's where you can find me all the social media. Oh, and I have a podcast myself called crawl space, K R A L S P A C E, where I sit in my closet and I talk about more stuff like we talked about today. Awesome. I cry a lot too. So <laughs> there's a, there's a bonus. We didn't get you to cry. No, uh, no. But next time I promise <laughs> you promised. Thanks Kim for joining us uh, on the podcast singles only. Thank you all for listening. Please review, subscribe, please check out Kim's book. Uh, confessions of a recovering party girl and follow her on Instagram as well. Yay, thank you.